thanks to our title sponsor, National University. National University is committed to supporting veterans, active duty personnel, and military families through flexible online courses and master's and doctoral programs in high-demand fields, providing excellent career advancement opportunity. National University is a yellow ribbon school that proudly accepts the post-9-11 GI Bill and goes the extra mile by offering additional assistance to cover expenses that may not be covered by the GI Bill. To learn more, visit nu.edu forward slash veteran. Hey folks, this is Maker from episode number 29, Fighter Pilots in Space. Congratulations, Jello, and the whole Fighter Pilot Podcast team for reaching your 100th episode. Aviation's an exciting community filled with lion-hearted people that can excel in any environment. Jello, thank you to you and your team for doing such a wonderful job highlighting the value that fighter aviation professionals bring to our communities. What an outstanding group of heroes. Keep up the great work. Hey, Jello, Wags here from Eagle Dynamics. It seems ages ago since recorded episode 28 on air combat simulation gaming. Congratulations on the 100th episode, and myself and the team look forward to the next 100 and beyond. Well done. Hey, this is Dave Braver from episode 35, the UFO episode. Hey, congratulations, Jello, on your 100th episode uh, to you and your team. Keep up the great work in getting that word out there and uh, talking about uh, all the aviation that a lot of folks want to know. So uh, it was a pleasure doing it, and it was a real, really an honor doing your show. And uh, take care, and uh, hope 2021 uh, brings uh, great success to you. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fighter Pilot Podcast. My name is Vincent Aiello, call sign Jello. I am your host, and in the off chance that you are just now joining us today for the very first time, well, then you may want to skip to any one of our other 99 episodes, because this is episode 100, and we're throwing ourselves a little party. That's right, we've been at this now for three full years, and since this is our centennial episode, we're mixing it up a little bit from our normal routine, and we're going to have a little fun. Now, you regular listeners, you recall a couple months ago, we had a listener survey where we asked you to look back at our three years and rate the different episodes to help us prepare for this 100th celebration. Specifically, we asked your favorite episodes, your favorite guests, the episodes that surprised you the most, thinking perhaps you wouldn't enjoy them, but in fact you did. We also asked your favorite or most hated isms of your host, yours truly, and to be honest, I'm a little bit worried about that one, not going to lie. Well, hey, we have the results, and they're very interesting. But you know what? I don't want to go through this on my own. This is a party. You have to have guests. So let's get to it, and you're going to recognize some voices here. This should be a lot of fun. Let's get to it, and we'll wrap it up as we do every year with our old buddy Rob Kibbe, who's going to come back and help us take a look at this past year and the year to come. So enjoy our Fighter Pilot Podcast 100th celebration. Hey, it's Cinco from episode 78, where we discuss the F-35. Just a heartfelt congratulations, Jello and team, for 100 episodes. The podcast is simply fantastic. Keep up the amazing work. See you guys. All right, our first survey category is favorite listener episodes. And before we name the top three, we should point out the honorable mentions, which includes the F-14 Tomcat, the A-10 Thunderbolt, and the F-4 Phantom episodes. 
far as the top three goes, coming in at number three is episode 51. You remember that one. It's the SR-71 Blackbird. It featured the notorious Brian Scholl. And guess what? He's back on the show today. How's it going, Punchy? Well, thanks for having me back, and congratulations on 100 episodes. That's great. Oh, thanks very much. That's kind of you. Yeah, I guess, you know, Blind Squirrel finds a net. We trundled our way through it. We're still making rookie mistakes at episode 100, but yeah, we're having a good time. I'm pretty sure your bookkeepers need some revision for my episode to come in third. I think a recount. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why it's a listener survey, Brian. So I put it to them. You know, this was one of my favorite episodes, too, because the Blackbird was a childhood favorite. Uh, of course, you're a star on YouTube. And I just remember flying up that day, getting a rental car, bumping into you early at the breakfast diner and hanging out for the first half of the day. It was just a lot of fun. And I really enjoyed not only the Air Force and Navy bantering, I loved your reaction. Uh, how dare you ask me the strengths and weaknesses of the Blackbird? That was my favorite part. Well, I enjoyed our day together very much. And I'm really impressed with the success you've had with the show. I get people emailing me, telling me they've listened to various episodes and Frankly, I thought who would want to listen to a Navy guy on a, on a podcast, but apparently you have quite a following. Well, we put it out there, and what you see is what you get, and so we hope people like it, and apparently they do. It helps to have people like you on the show, so thanks again. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and you're doing a great Thank you. Now, Brian, I know this is going to be difficult for you to accept, but you were number three. Can you guess what aircraft bested you out at the number two position? I'm kind of hoping it's not a big uh, black straight wing subsonic airplane, but I have a, a real bad feeling that it might be. <laughs> Well, in fact, it is the U2 episode, I'm afraid to tell you. It was with Colonel Michael Phillips, who says he knows you. And guess what? He's here, too. How's it going, Lips? Hey, I am blessed to be here, and I can't believe you dragged the old man out to be with us today, too. You know, first you tell me I'm third, and then you put this guy on the show with me. I, I don't know, Vince. I represent two or three of the only friends Brian has. <laughs> 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 All right, so you guys go how far back? Well, yeah, Lips and I were at the field together, really all kidding aside. Great guy. We, we had a couple of T-38 cross countries, and uh, I got to take some photographs of Lips in the uh, YouTube forum. And it was just really fun. And uh, I'll tell you, we kid a lot, but it needs to be said, the YouTube's program is a fantastic thing, and the fact that that airplane is still flying today from the 60s is a phenomenal thing. It was really fun knowing guys like him in those days just made our job a lot more fun. Everybody needs someone you can make fun of, so we, we enjoyed that. Is this the part where I have to say something nice about him now? It's great to see him. I'm not totally surprised that that episode was uh, popular, honestly. It's a tribute to that airplane, to Lockheed, and all the people that have uh, flown it and supported it, that it is still around and doing a great job. I don't dispute that, and I will agree that the U2 is vitally important, but I, I really think it was Lips' stories that stole the show, especially the, the call sign stuff at the end. So that definitely seems to be a trend. As you guys will hear in a moment, there is an episode that finished first that featured some eh, debauchery, shall we say. But Lips, I don't know. You seem to be a magnet for that kind of stuff, huh? I'm just thanking God every day for penicillin. <laughs> You know, Lips has the distinction. I haven't gone from 0.4 Mach in the U2 to 0.6.5 Mach in, in, with United. So I, I think that's a tribute to his aerial skills, really. Just remember, like a magnificent 
50 caliber round comes out of that gun going so damn fast and so far, and ultimately the Coriolis effect takes over and it falls to ground a useless lunk of lead, whereas a U2 is majestic and stays up there longer. Yes, I remember being behind it in the traffic pattern in a T-38, and it, yeah, it's, it took forever to land. Oh, boy. All right. Well, a couple things from our episodes. First, Lips, we had some background noise last time, and, and you told us before the uh, show started recording here that we're not going to hear from Presley, huh? Yeah, Presley the Wonder Dog, he uh, passed away. He was a good dog. Aww. Unfortunately, he didn't make the holidays. He almost made it to Thanksgiving. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Our condolences. I think it might be the first dog on the show and now the only dog that's died on the show. So everyone <laughs> else, future guests, make sure you don't have your dog on the show. Okay. Uh, but also, Lips, you gave us a rather colorful, is probably a polite way to put it, explanation of your call sign. And Brian, Hunchy, when we got to the end of our time together, you deferred because we were, quote, out of time. But he set the stage. Do you want to tell us now how Punchy came around? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. Lips, let's hear your version of Punchy, then. (laughs) Uh, Once again, there's some things we just can't talk about on the radio, so let's just let it go at that. All right. I have to tell you that this being the Fighter Pilot Podcast, it kind of saddens me a little bit that two out of the three top jets, at least that I'm willing to admit for right this moment, but I think the listeners can probably figure out, are black jets. In fact, all right, I'll just say it. All three of the top three episodes are black jets. I don't know if it's you guys or the aircraft or the mission or what. Misfits. We're all misfits. That makes us colorful. <laughs> I thought you had to be better looking to fly the black jets. <laughs> Okay. Well, I don't know what happened, but he grew his hair out. So anyway, I do actually want to ask you one serious question. Were you guys ever in theater together? And, you know, you said it at the beginning, Punchy, and I agree. There's always some fun to be had, but in the end, we're all on the same team. But were you guys ever kind of on the same ramp? And was there some sharing of information or was it two totally different worlds? We were uh, integrated because we shared the T-38. T-38 was a valuable tool for helping the SR uh, around the pattern, keep an eye on them and whatnot, safety checks. And and so you two guys were lucky enough to ride with the SR guys uh, on their pattern sorties. And that was a blast. We, We enjoyed that tremendously. And then Brian and I took that one step further. We had family and friends spread across the country, and we used to take weekend jaunts and the 38 and go see the country together. We were just lucky. I enjoyed doing that. And that was the time we shared. Okay. Mission-wise, we really were two totally different missions in many respects. Kind of one and adjunct to the other. They went together, but we didn't really mix them as far as you know, mission goes. And thankfully for Lips, I taught him everything he knew about flying a T-38 in a cross-country. It's the only reason I think not have ever hired him. But other than that, it was a lot of fun uh, having the T-38 there, Bill. It absolutely was. But yeah, mission-wise, it was really two different, uh, pretty separate operations. Trust me, all the bad things I learned about flying a T-38, I learned them from Brian Scholl. The stuff that's in the back of the manual and the pages that are taken out, that's the kind of crap I learned. It was so much more fun. <laughs> now, let me say one thing before we run out of time. I, you know, uh, we're lucky Brian and I are figureheads for a business, a black world business that was really exciting, and we were lucky as figureheads. And when we talk and meet people, it's kind of only in that venue only. But I want you guys to know something about Brian that uh, you might not know. This guy was an Eagle Scout back when it was tough to be an Eagle Scout in San Diego with Marines beating him up and whatnot. And when the time came for my son 
to get his eagle, Brian was kind enough to come down and conduct the ceremony. And I'll never forget that. And my son was the hero of all the scouts to have this supersonic guy come down and, and run the ceremony. We appreciated that a whole lot. Well, I really, really enjoyed that. I don't get a chance to do stuff like that. And it was a well-run, what's ran a really good program down there. It's, when you haven't been a scout, I know what it didn't enjoy. Thanks for inviting me. That was a great thing to do. It was fun. All right, guys. Well, Brian Scholl, SR-71 Blackbird at number three. Apologies, but that's still pretty good for 100 episodes. And Michael Phillips, Lips on the YouTube Dragon Lady at number two. You guys are national treasures and heroes in my book. And uh, you've already been on the show once and twice, in your case, Lips, as the uh, little 30-minute uh, Zoom we did with our Patreon supporters. Thank you. But now you've been kind enough to lend us your time again. So we really appreciate you coming back for our 100th episode. Well, I think it's great you're having 100 episodes. And like I said, people listen to your show. I think people tell me, yeah, I heard the podcast. So good on you. I had people talking about you long before I ever met you, big guy. You were known throughout the business. Were you awesome. talking to me or Vince? <laughs> <laughs> this is Steve Briggs from Episode 70 on the Navy Marine Corps A Force Skyhawk. Congratulations, gentlemen, to the whole Fighter Pilot Podcast team for reaching your 100th episode. Looking forward to many more. Keep up the good work. Hey, Jello, it's Buck from episode number 80, the AC-130 gunship. I just wanted to take a second to wish you and the entire Fighter Pilot Podcast team a hearty congratulations on 100 episodes. That is truly awesome. I look forward to the next 100 episodes. You guys take care. All right. Well, what a couple of characters those guys are. And you know what? I already let the cat out of the bag with lips and punchy, but it probably comes as no surprise anyway, that our number one listener rated episode is yes, another black jet. It's the F-117 Nighthawk. At least it has an F in it. Now, clearly the stealth <laughs> fighter is an interesting jet with a colorful history, but there's no denying what made this episode a listener favorite, and that's our guest. And I think you just caught a little glimpse of him there. Retired Michigan Air National Guard Major Robert Donaldson, who comes back to the show. How's it going, Robson? Great. Blessed life, Jello. Just couldn't ask for a more perfect life at this stage. Yeah, thank you. Even with all the COVID yeah. stuff, yeah? Oh, yeah, it hasn't stopped anything, you know. I've uh, <laughs> been snowmobiling in the winter and snowshoeing and uh, dogs, and then uh, summertime, uh, took a nice 10-day sailing trip with a former uh, Delta buddy and uh, caught a bunch of halibut and didn't see another boat and out of, out of uh, range for cell phones and just living a good Alaska life, man. Really good. Well, and that was my first prepared question for you was that's what you were doing last year, so you're just doing more of the same, huh, uh, up there in the last frontier? <laughs> that's right, yeah. That's righteous. Yeah. That is quite a change from being in a black jet at night upside down because you just bombed an Iraqi bridge at low altitude. I mean, your life has really had some pretty large pendulum swings. Well, I like the saying that takes care of dumb farm animals and fighter pilots, and I'm not sure which side of the fence I'm on. So, uh, <laughs> but I feel lucky. So, yeah. oh boy. <laughs> so, I have to ask you now. Hopefully, if you're up there, you're doing fun things and not just sitting around listening to podcasts. But if you did, you know, we've had now 99 episodes. This is our hundredth celebration. So, I'm curious. What do you think was the magic sauce, if you will, of episode 72 being the number one show on the F117? First of all, I'm stunned. 
I'm very happy to have been able to contribute to your podcast selection and everything. I'm really surprised. I think possibly people's interest in it is that it was the first one of a kind. It flew for so long. There's still some blackness about it, some uh, secrets and, and things like that that people want to know. But, you know, Jello, I think it's you, man. Anybody with a host with the name of Jello, people are curious. So, uh, All right. Well, nice try, mister. But then, of course, every episode would have been their favorite. So I'm going to take a stab at this since you're a little too coy to do it. Number one, I think it's the story of blowing up bridges at low altitude and flipping on your back, not once, but twice. Good grief, dude. Um, secondly, between you and Lips, who's story about the gorilla and various plastic things at the end and and your little uh, sightseeing escapade on the tanker i don't know i guess there's truth to it sex sells and neither one of those well maybe one was i don't know but i think it was just your story and the way you told it and i think listeners really responded to you my friend well, you know, little Jeremiah Weed before I got on, on camera there and on mic always helps. So uh, <laughs> choice of drink for fighter pilots, as you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah really, honestly, uh, I'm just grateful to contribute to your show. And I have no idea why. You know, there's a bunch of other <laughs> sexy, uh, cool stuff out there, too. But excellent. Yeah. Glad it worked out that way. Curiously, even though you were the number one by listeners, believe it or not, uh, you were fourth in overall downloads. So I don't know what the disconnect there was, but uh, you were beat out by episode 35 on UFOs with Dave Fravor, and then episode 61 on the F-22 with Terry Scott. Believe it or not, the number one episode was the F-35, episode 78 with Cinco. I don't know. Maybe you have other ideas, but my thought is... People are out there looking for information on the newest and greatest in the F-117. Like you said, still has some blackness and all, but maybe everyone wants to learn about the F-35 because it's the latest hotness. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of information about the, uh, the F-117 out there, not probably quite so much information on uh, Raptor, and especially not on the F-35. And, yeah, and the F-35 is the sexy new kid on the block, you know, so mm -hmm. with continuing upgrades and capabilities and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's easy to see why uh, the F-35 yeah. would be a favorite choice. Speaking of that, there was some hubbub about some F-117s showing up in Miramar, of all places, lately. And so you're up there without cell coverage and the frontier and all that, but I'm going to put it to you anyway. Do you stand by your story on these things, uh, doing their, what do you call it, Type 1000 or something storage? Are they just out getting some touch and goes, or what are we doing? Yeah, I stand by that statement. It was just reconfirmed. I got an email from a guy confirming that uh, F-117s are still flying and being flown by pilots in the U.S. Air Force Air Materiel Command. I imagine these are fighter pilots rented out to the logistics people is, is the way I see it. But uh, yes, they are still flying. And, and it's been publicly confirmed now that they're airborne. My suspicion is that they're used as test bed platforms against fifth generation and soon to come uh -huh. sixth generation uh, assets out there. So it still has some liability and, you know, still exists as a viable airplane against many second and third world country uh, uh, integrated air defenses, if, if it ever comes to that. But it's being used as a test platform against those assets. Yeah. Okay. I think before we had yeah. talked about part of the storage was to get it out and run it through its paces once in a while. But I mean, mm -hmm. come on, yeah. if they ever decided uh, the balloon's going up and we need everyone and, oh, we got a bunch of these airplanes, but you can't just turn on a stealth pilot right away. Or they give you the call like Firefox, they're going to come land their helicopter <laughs> in your cabin and, and drag you away to go fly this thing. <laughs> 
that movie. Didn't you like that movie? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, you know, I could still start it up. I could still employ it, I'm sure. Muscle memory, uh, old habit patterns, things like that, you know, and uh, especially with new weapons nowadays, you know, uh, would make the job a whole lot easier. But, you know, this is probably uh, a younger man's uh, game, but something like that would be you know yeah. i'd have to put on my best clint eastwood uh, look <laughs> and uh, <laughs> get a little bit uh, shell-shocked but no I, I guess we interrupted the show has interrupted your life a little bit didn't uh, our friend tyler rogaway over at the war zone reach out and want to follow up on the whole idea of painting uh, we even used that excerpt at the beginning of your episode you probably heard it was paint a russian awax on the side of your jet did they really uh, <laughs> yeah. they really yeah. liked that part of your interview yeah, yeah, Tyler and I are in touch, and I owe him a few pictures uh, and everything. I pretty much gave everything, all my pictures away to a, a friend of mine uh, who, who runs a, he's a Dutch guy, but he runs a U.S. Uh, Air Force uh, Aviation Museum in the Netherlands there, because he grew up outside of Schusterberg at a time when uh, Schusterberg hosted uh, F-4s and F-15s. So all my pictures went to him, and I was sitting around in boxes and things, and uh, I put Tyler in touch with him, and hopefully he's gotten some of those pictures there, so... Yeah, that was uh, kind of an interesting aspect of the program scenario. It was a, a concept only, uh, I think, but it was certainly doable and viable and everything else, but they wanted us to blow stuff up and build swimming pools. So <laughs> that's the main concentration there. Yeah, yeah, you're the man for the job. Well, after your episode, we also had a lot of people forward us some video. It's on YouTube, of course, but that's not where it started. Of a, a younger version of you, a little less white in the mustache, but uh, talking about the <laughs> F-117. And oh, hey, yeah. man, who am I to talk? Look at this beard I'm growing because they're not flying me, but it's almost all white. But you're no uh, stranger to some attention. Looks like you were talking about the stealth fighter uh, some years ago well when it first became a public airplane they uh, selected a couple guys up at tonopah to become quote media pilots so we got training by the air force public affairs people whatever on on how to handle interviews and how to talk and uh, mine was a very short-lived career in the united states uh, <laughs> due to an incident involving a very beautiful woman and the plane at hill air force base in utah I always say I thank Saddam Hussein for coming to my rescue because uh, that incident occurred and I was politely booted off the F-117 media pilot team. <laughs> so Saddam Hussein came along a couple months later, off we go to Saudi Arabia. And then interestingly enough, on our way out of Saudi, we were stopping in uh, Zaragoza, Spain before we deployed the jets back to the United States. And our commander said, hey, uh, the king and queen of Spain want to see an airplane and get a tour. Anybody here speak Spanish? And I do. I had lived overseas in Panama for five years and picked it up and everything. So I raised my hand out of everybody in the room. Nobody else spoke Spanish. <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, okay, you're the one, but just don't kiss the queen, will you? So <laughs> I got to fly a jet down to um, Torjon at the time uh, in Madrid. And uh, I met the king and queen of uh, Spain. Lovely people, really nice. Had a great time. And I guess by default, I was kind of back in the good graces of the media so long as uh, <laughs> as long as there wasn't a pretty woman involved <laughs> oh dear me well you know the law of thermodynamics right it's not what the physicists told us in school it's uh, if the heat is on someone else it's not on you so yeah, right. it was on you for a while and then saddam helped uh, came to your rescue <laughs> he and did before you know it you're kissing rings of kings and queens that's awesome man <laughs> oh boy you, you never yeah. failed the surprise see now this is going to be everyone's favorite <laughs> Well, you have been very generous with the show and, uh, like I said, helping out folks who want to write about you. So, once again, thanks for stopping by the Fighter Pilot Podcast, helping us celebrate episode 100 and everyone's favorite episode, which was you and the F-117. So, you're a good sport, Robson. Really appreciate it. 
hey, Jello, uh, great to finally see you. You know, we've had conversations over the phone and emails and things like that. You know, come on up to Alaska, man. We'll ride sleds or we'll go fishing or we'll dig grizzly bears out of their dens in the springtime, something like that. So, uh, yeah, come on up, man. Invitation's open anytime. Great to finally put a face to the funny voice. And uh, <laughs> congratulations on, uh, on your 100th episode there. Thanks very much. And you're speaking my language. I would love to get up there and do that. So uh, hopefully we can make it happen. But all right, man, we'll talk to you again soon, I hope. Okay, Jello. Yeah, take care. Jello, this is Ken Cash from episode 65 about the antique but still mighty B-52. I'm still scratching my head how an Air Force bomber guy and flight test engineer managed to crash a Navy fighter pilot's party, but I'm glad that I did. You should be proud of the Sierra Hotel content community that you've created, and I look forward to the next 100 episodes. Hey, what's up? This is Ryan Robichaud from the OH-58 Kyle Warrior, episode 89. Just wanted to say congrats to the Fire Pilot Podcast on a good series and reaching your 100th episode. I had a blast being uh, interviewed by Jello and really look forward to what's to come. So thanks for continuing to provide cool stuff to listen to and making COVID suck less. Along with your favorite episodes, it's only logical that we next identify your favorite guests because, well, no surprise, they're closely related. Now, since we've already heard from the top two, let's do these in downward order. So number one was overwhelmingly lips from the U2 episode. Shocker, I know. And in second was Robson from the F-117 show. So that's why we had both these guys back on the show. And your next favorite was the star of episode 59 on Anglico. And returning to the show now is Dave. Burke. How's it going, Chip? Good, man. It's good to be back with you. Uh, I'll take this bronze medal any day. Well, you're a good sport, and this being podcasting, clearly it's not your devilish good looks that got you in third. What do you think is the secret here? Listen, I don't think there's any secret. I think I was lucky enough to fly some cool airplanes that people uh, identify with as well, and I think my experience in Anglico kind of resonated and was able to bring some aviation stories full circle. I'm certainly appreciative of that. It was interesting to them, but we're going to have to give credit uh, where credit's due, and it's not uh, its really not my looks, like you were saying. <laughs> All right. Well, of course, I can uh, bust your chops a little bit. All right. Well, so, yeah, I mean, you clearly have some experience in podcasting, doing Jocko's show. And what do you think? Mm-hmm. You got any best practices or tips and tricks you can offer a future fighter pilot podcast guest? And then maybe by episode 200, they can compete with you for uh, the next survey? No, man. I think the advice or the tips are really what you're doing. What I'm doing with Jocko, certainly, again, lucky to be a part of that. You know, I've been a guest on his podcast a bunch of times, and then he and I are doing a podcast together called The Debrief. So we, I get to kind of see podcasting from, you know, the guest and then the partial guest host scenario. I think the connection between the things I'm doing with him and what I'm seeing from you is, you know, the most important thing is the authenticity, man. You have to have a story that matters. Now, Look, it's great to be a good communicator. It's great to be, you know, good at telling stories. It's great to be able to make larger connections. But I think the biggest thing that people appreciate is the authenticity component of that. You're able to do that. You're obviously your guests, man. I think the power of what you're doing is bringing people to tell authentic stories. They're humble. They're genuine. And I think that translates through the podcast really well, which is probably why you've been so successful. And I think anybody thinking about doing this down the road, that should be the primary thing that you focus on. And then the other things will fall into place. Yeah. No doubt. 
Well, and on top of that, you have been kind enough to circle back, as some of our guests do, to act as co-hosts. So you were definitely instrumental in a couple of those episodes. And just while we have a moment, I do want to point out some of the other great co-hosts we've had. Uh, of course, Boat, our Air Force F-16 fellow, he's been uh, helping out with some bomber episodes. And he's going to be showing up more in 2021, doing some Warbirds and all that. And then we've had a host of other characters, Fish, Recky, Wang, BS, Demon, Paul Wood, yourself, Chili. I know I'm missing a couple and I don't mean to. And then I think it's fair to say that everyone's favorite who we do miss here at the show and we still get emails addressed to him is good old Brian Sinclair Sunshine. He was a lot of help there in season one, uh, our first year. And you've been kind enough to too, but I don't know if I should ask you anymore, man, because you're always pretty busy, it seems like. Well, listen, my life is busy. I'm lucky to be as busy as I am. You know, the work that I'm doing Echelon Front's awesome. I could not have forecasted having, you know, the career that I'm having post-military. But I will be absolutely honest with you, Jello, and I mean this. I'm not just saying it so your viewers can hear me say it or your listeners can hear me say it. Dude, you should call and ask. I love doing this. It's the last thing that is, is an impact on my time. I always feel bad because I'm always the problem with the scheduling is I can never find time to do it with you. But and you're always very patient. But I mean this when I say it. Dude, I love being a part of this. This is a lot of fun for me. So I hope you keep asking me as much as you want. You can reject uh, you know, bringing back on because you're tired of me, but not because you think I'm too busy. <laughs> Clearly you're here for episode one hundred, which means you made the top three as a, a favorite guest. And yeah, I mean you touched on it earlier. Clearly it doesn't hurt that you flew the F sixteen, eighteen, twenty two, and thirty five, but I think you just have the right chops and it's great for me to catch you when I can. And I know you're a busy dude, but even on that note, I really didn't even ask you how you and the family are doing and everything else. I mean, 2020 has been an interesting world. I take it you're surviving and hopefully thriving. We are indeed, man. Obviously, I wouldn't have wished the things that have gone on this year, you know, the challenges we all have faced as a country and the whole globe. None of these things are things that I'm mm -hmm. happy about. And I don't think anybody is, obviously. But I'm fortunate enough, I think, twofold. One is, you know, my family's done well. We have been okay here. We live in a place that, for the most part, has been, you know, minimal impact to us. You know, my immediate family has been happy and healthy and safe this whole time, fortunately, knowing that full well that many others aren't. But I'm also in a job where the coolest thing about what I've been able to do with Echelon Front is we have been able to provide some real help to a lot of companies out there trying to navigate through what have been really challenging times. There's a lot of livelihoods at stake, and a lot of what they do is significant and probably has not been more significant than it has been this year. And to be able to help contribute to that and help them navigate through those challenges has been really rewarding for me, you know, personally we're doing fine, but it's been rewarding given all the, the difficulties that I've been able to help other folks as well. So yeah. it's been quite a remarkable year and I feel fortunate to be a part of it. That's great. Well, I know uh, from what I can tell from you and, and what little I see online that you guys over there at Echelon Front, Jocko and the whole team are really making a difference one company at a time. And, and you've even got now, I guess, the debrief podcast as a part of Jocko's show where you talk about some of the challenges you've had and how you've overcome them, what you've recommended. And I just think it's great because people don't have the experiences we've had and shoot, I don't even have the experiences you've had, but you know, to take some of the leadership and experiences dealing with schedules or uncertainty or diverse groups or all these things that you and I take for granted, a lot of companies just don't have those experiences. And so I, I think it's great that you guys can go out and see what they're facing and adapt some of the things that we know and can do both in military aviation, but also in the special forces and the SEALs specifically. You guys are doing that. So I hope they appreciate it. I'm sure they do. 
Yeah, I think so, man. I appreciate you saying that. It's been pretty rewarding, and I think it's been hugely helpful and hugely impactful for a lot of folks. Well, listen, that being said, I know you're a busy dude. I'll let you get back to whatever it is that's coming up next. I'm sure it's right there at the door. Thanks again for helping out with the show and being everyone's favorite for all your experience and your ability and willingness to share it. And we really do appreciate it. We can't get to 100 episodes on the Fighter Pilot Podcast without talent like you, dude. Well, dude, I mean, obviously, I hope you know how much I appreciate it, too. The podcast you're doing is fantastic. I'm glad someone's doing it the right way. You were definitely the right person for it. And getting to be a part of it has been a blast. I expect to be involved in the next 100 as well, man. So uh, you're not writing me off for now. So you're stuck with me for a bit. (laughs) Sounds good, man. All right. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, Jello. Hey, this is Supa from episode 44 and 810 Warthog. Congrats, Jello, and the whole team over at Fighter Pilot Podcast for reaching your 100th episode. Keep up the great work. Phil, Sung, and attack. Hey, Jello and Fighter Pilot team. This is Tom Mitchell, a.k.a. Demon, from episode 39 on the A7 Corsair 2. It was such a privilege and fun experience to be part of this dynamic form of media. Congratulations on what you guys have achieved in your 100th episode. Keep the fight going. Congratulations. Demon out. All right, so next up are the episodes listeners said when they saw the title, they didn't think that much of it, but upon listening to the episode, were surprised at how much they liked it. So <laughs> that's not the shortest title ever, but you get the point. Anyway, let's go through the top three. Coming in at number three was episode 85 on Big Wing Tankers with Sluggo. That was a good one, I thought, as well. In second place was episode 77 on the Boneyard with Regen. That was one of my favorites because I had a chance to go down there right before COVID with my son and take a tour. That was a lot of fun. But coming in at number one, by a landslide, the overwhelming win was episode 57 on the C2 Greyhound. And guess what? J-Lo is back to help us celebrate. How's it going, amigo? Hey, J-Lo. It's going really well. Thanks for having me on board. It's super cool to hang out with you. Uh, this is good. Well, last time we were able to do it in person. This time we're through Zoom. So not quite as fun, but it's been a long time. How are things? I think things are going well. I'm, uh, I'm staying busy. I'm working. I'm teaching. I'm uh, working on the house and just uh, grinding right along just like you. Excellent. Well, I cannot tell you, dude, how much positive feedback I received on your episode. Even before the survey where we found out for sure that you were everyone's favorite, they really loved it and they loved you. And I don't know. What do you think was the secret sauce? You know, I was super surprised to hear this and I hope this doesn't come off wrong. But when you sent me that email... I started laughing uncontrollably, just in disbelief, <laughs> like in total disbelief. I was laughing, and then I read it again. I read it again, and I was like, "That's amazing!" So, I'm surprised. I've never done a podcast. You know, mention what's my secret sauce. It's probably worth noting. Twenty years ago, when I was in flight school, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. I, the Tomcat was alive and well. The Super Hornet was on the horizon, right? And so, I wanted to be that person. And fast forward twenty years later, to you asking me or to me being on your show on the fighter pilot podcast, you know, there was a lot of fear about being a imposter or a, uh, you know, a poser. Right. And so I just thought, well, I want to bring credibility to the community and I, the best thing is just be myself and show who we are and try and represent the community with who we are. And so maybe people related to that, maybe. 
I think they did, man. I mean, you, you put your heart out there. You, you were a very humble guy to a fault, I would argue. But also, just for fun, if I may say, that you can actually be an overachiever if you're a below-average guy doing an average job. And so <laughs> I don't mean that to be an insult, but maybe the reason you won this category, I still don't know what to call it, but Fighter Pilot Podcast episode I was surprised I liked so much category is maybe people didn't think that much about the C2, but... And then so you showed up, you showed them, no, this is everything there is to care about the C2, about the mission and the people, and you did all that. Yeah, thanks. It was so fun. It was actually a privilege to talk about the community. It was, I loved it. Well, I mentioned on the end of year recap last year that one of the air crewmen that was on that C2 that you talked about going down reached out to me. I forget his name suddenly, but we were going to try to get him on the show just to talk about his experiences. And we kind of lost touch. I don't know if he got busy with his day job, but that was quite the harrowing story you told. And I remember you being, if you don't mind me saying so, I remember after we hit record or stop, I should say that you were a little anxious or verklempt about showing some emotion and I think the fact that you're back to claim the title of episode everyone didn't know they would love until they loved it, <laughs> you know where I'm going. That was part of it, is that you were so vulnerable, and that's such a trendy word, but you put it out there, and, and I think people respond. Well, thank you. I, I think I was in the moment, and I remember clenching my fish thinking afterwards, I was like, why did I get choked up on that? But I remember being in the moment. I think I was just speaking from the heart. You asked that question, and it was just kind of like, I don't know what the words are, maybe like a slap in the face. When you ask the question, it immediately dawned on me, password 33, and I can't help but think, you know, even right this second, I can feel myself getting chills thinking about that aircraft and going down, and I know the crew, and um, yeah, it was just a real moment. It's important that we don't forget password 33. It was a loss for the whole crew. Um, Stephen yeah. Combs, Matthew uh, excuse me, and Brian Grosso. So yeah. uh, thank you for asking about that, and uh I hope the community remembers that. Plane. Yeah. Well, on that note, we had on episode 99, the E2, right? So the sibling there. I couldn't for the life of me, and I bet you could rattle it off right away, or maybe not, I don't know. But there was a, a similarly heartwarming, if you will, story about a pilot who let everyone else bail out, and he tried to ride it in because they had to fail the feather thing. And I Googled all these different terms. I couldn't come up with it. And so we ended up not talking about it at all. But as I recall, he had sort of a Middle Eastern sounding name. I wanted to mention it on the episode. I just never found anything about it. But yeah, there are definitely know, some heroes in these communities, as there are in every community. Yeah. I'm failing on the memory last night. It wasn't Middle Eastern. I think it was Eastern European last name. And he stayed with the plane I think it was an Eastern European last name. It's like with a Z maybe, but uh, he stuck with the plane. They all bailed out. And that was a failed to feather, which Ginger and I had at the depot. We had a failed to feather where the plane doesn't want level flight. And unfortunately, we made it largely due to the lessons we learned, unfortunately, from that mishap. Well, the nice thing about having a podcast is anytime you either get something wrong or can't remember it, I'll have plenty of messages of people telling me what it is. So maybe I should send out the uh, feelers in advance and I can get it and still add it to the back of this. But anyway, I wanted to ask you, I mean, we talked once in a great while and I don't get Seattle layovers like I used to, but that was fun when we hung out. But what's new in your world? I mean, obviously 2020 has turned out to be crazy. And when I was there, you were showing me all the cool things you're doing prior to that breaking and and you had a little orchard going and everything so what's new with JLo? I took off a lot of time from work when COVID hit so I didn't work from middle of March till I think September I think wow. I went back to work on September 1st 
I spent a lot of time in the orchard. You wouldn't recognize the orchard right now. The whole thing's covered in grass. Right now there's no leaves on the trees, but I'm really proud of it. And then I think this winter we're going to kick it in high gear and get a really nice crop next year. We got our first batch of, uh, you've never probably heard of it, chokeberry wine. We, we made wine out of uh, chokeberries, and uh, <laughs> it's coming. On a more uh, maybe somber note, we've had our very experience of COVID. Um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but a mutual friend of ours, Ginger, he got COVID early in March. Fortunately, he recovered from that. Uh, and then my mom lives right down the road and my mom's 83 and stepfather's 88. They both got COVID and my mom, she recovered pretty well. It was only mildly sick for a few days. And then unfortunately my stepfather, he passed away last month or she mean in oh. November he passed away. Wow. Um, and Lisa's had some losses on her side. So wow. we felt it, but even though that's happened, we feel great. We, we are optimistic and we are, this vaccine, I hope it's going to be the best thing for all of us. I hope. Well, let's hope. Yeah, it does hit close to home and I'm sorry to hear that, but it's been an interesting year and that's of course the understatement of the year. So those who have lost their lives, that is hard for those remaining. So, so you are trying to make the most of it. It sounds like took some time off and, and uh, you're back. I hope flying or teaching, but let me ask you this because we know what's going on with JLo, but what's going on with the C2? Because I've got a friend here at the new CMV wing and I see more and more of these C2 looking by that. I mean, the paint scheme CMV 22 is flying around. So is the Greyhound, is it, are its days numbered? That is correct. The days are numbered for the Greyhound. Now, I think it's a few years away, but don't be fooled by that. It's a few years away. Don't be fooled by that in the least bit. What's keeping the Greyhound alive is there's just not enough Ospreys in the fleet right now. And I think just as soon as the number of Ospreys are at an adequate number to supply the fleet, I think you're going to see an exponential decrease of the Greyhounds. As sad as it is to see the Greyhound go away, I'm excited for the community because it's a game changer. I mean, these aren't my words, but the Greyhound is a one-trick pony, and this Osprey is a master of many tricks. So yeah. it's going to bedazzle the fleet, and it will do that all without a talk. <laughs> <laughs> On that point, so a good friend of mine uh, locally here is the deputy commodore of the wing, Sam. And yeah. I've been telling him I'd love to get him on for a happy hour or something on the show. They're talking about, and I don't know how much of this we're allowed to talk about, but you know, like you said, the C2 did the logistics, but they're talking about the CMV-22 doing all sorts of stuff, uh, long-range CSAR and other things. So <laughs> I think it is a game changer for the Air Wing, and it'll be interesting to see when Carl Vinson deploys with, uh, what is it they're calling it, the Air Wing of the future, but they're going to have the F-35, the CMV-22, and Block 3, I guess, uh, Super Hornets. But it'll be interesting to see what the... Osprey does compared to what the Greyhound did. The world is ready for the Osprey. The demand for the Osprey is there. I'm excited for him. Well, man, uh, it's so good to see you. It's been a long time. And uh, to welcome you back to episode 100 as one of our Oscar winners, if you will, for, uh, again, I don't know what to call it, but uh, everyone knows by now that the one we liked the best that we didn't think we would. And so, JLo, you're a real hero, man. Uh, what else do we need to know about you before we wrap up? Nothing, JLo. I'm super happy to be a part of this. I'm scared of talking too much because I don't want to hijack your show. <laughs> I listened to the podcast one time last year when it came out, and every time I listened to it, there was like, oh, I forgot to mention this, or I should have said this, and, and I wish I could go back and redo it. And if I was to make those corrections now, it would seem trivial. It, wouldn't, it would be out of, taken out of context, and it, it wouldn't make any matter. 
to anything. I do want to just briefly mention one more thing that pertains to the C2, more importantly, the whole air wing. And that's uh, when we deploy the C2 guys, I wish I would have said this, but we deploy, or when they deploy, you know, they're going to a lot of countries that are familiar to Americans. And sometimes the countries aren't familiar with Americans in return, where they know Americans via from TV or the internet. At times, the host country, this is the first impression of Americans, more specifically the first impressions of the United States Navy, right? First impression, J-Lo walking there in first impression. And so I would give a little spiel to them. I would do it in a nice way, but I would look at them, I'd gather them together, and I'd size up the audience, and I'd say it appropriately, but I'd say, listen, today you're going to go to somewhere special. Today you're going to go to a ship that was built in America, and it was built by Americans. And it's operated 24-7, 365 by Americans. So when you get on my plane and you fly off to the ship, when you step off the plane, there's going to be an American flag over your head. You're going to go to four and a half acres of U.S. American sovereign territory. And that is an objective fact. And I wouldn't say this last part, but my implying, if you're a country that's misbehaving, you're going to see pain in your future. On the other hand, if you're a country that needs help, humanitarian aid or anything else, help is on the way. That would be something that's relative to the COD as well as, as rest of that air wing. So thank you for letting me share that. Never mind just the COD, JLo. Why aren't you running for office? We need people like you in leadership <laughs> positions. Hey, I, I mean that. Come on, you do too. It's, this is four and a half acres of, of, of American power that we that's use right. for good. Send the message. Well, but more importantly, you have a, the big picture in mind, and it's not just about you. That's what uh, I don't mean to get on a soapbox, but uh, let's just put it this way. I'm glad the election season seems to be over because yeah. I'm so fed up with all the shenanigans. But all right, well, that is an excellent point you make. And yeah, I mean, we can't go back and change the episode, right or wrong. There's always things, dude, I've got 100 examples of the things I wish I could do better. You keep moving on. It's part of who we are. And Again, you wouldn't be back if people didn't love the episode. They really did. And you're a real American hero, my friend. Thank you, Jilla. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. Hey, this is Shu from episode 16 on The Air Boss, where Jella was kind enough to invite an old retired guy to share a few insights on the best job in naval aviation. Congratulations, Jello, and the whole Fighter Pilot Podcast team for reaching your 100th episode. Keep up the awesome work. Hey, Jello, this is John Kerr, Tiger. I was on episode 52 and 53 with Fingers discussing the mighty F-4 Phantom II. I guess we were so long-winded you pushed us into two episodes, but congratulations on the 100th podcast. You and your team are doing a great job with the Fighter Pilot Podcast. Congratulations once again, and keep up the good work. Thank you. All right, our last survey category is titled Jelloisms, and that is the things I do that you, the listeners, either find amusing or annoying, or maybe both, I don't know. Anyway, my team provided me the results, but you know, honestly, I haven't been brave enough to look at them, so, oh, wait, hey, honey, you got a second? What? What do you need? Come on over here and help me with something. Grab that microphone, would you? Oh. Hey, what are you doing? 
Ladies and gentlemen, my lovely bride and one of the stars of episode 34 on the home front, Mrs. Beth Aiello. How are you doing, darling? Oh my goodness. Uh, hi. Good. <laughs> well, hey, you know, you've seen me working on it. We're preparing for episode 100, and we asked listeners to tell us their favorite shows and guests. Well, we also asked them to pick on me a little, and I can't bear to read the results myself. And You have extensive experience with this, so can you please do the honors? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> well, wait, you actually have to read it. You can't add to anything of your own there. <laughs> All, All right. right. It's All just, right, sure. It's just in that envelope right there. Do you got it? Okay. All right. Got it. All right. Let's see. There are a lot of responses here. Uh, how do you want me to do this? Oh, boy. Maybe just read off the top five or so. I'm not sure I can take much more than that. All right. Starting with number five, then. Apparently, you like to say... To your point. I to, guess like your head. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. To your point. Uh, well, we do use that a lot because, all right, I'm not going to sit and justify each one of these, but fair enough. To your point. All right. <laughs> okay. Number four. People say you should stop being so pathetic. Oh, wait, the small font. I mean, apologetic. <laughs> Jeez, you had me scared there for a minute. <laughs> all right. So people think I should stop being so apologetic. Yep. Okay. Um, just, yeah. All right. Fair enough. That's better than pathetic. So yeah, true. Thank you for that. <laughs> all right. In third, people say you are such a nice and humble guy. Aw, uh, isn't that sweet? Well, well I, I bet that one was hard to read. I agree with, no, I agree with your <laughs> listeners. Well, I have my moments, but all right. Fair enough. All right. Number two. Number two. Oh, goodness. Is your kooky analogies. Some do love them and others maybe not so much. I don't know. I'm going to say no comment on your analogies. <laughs> I do have some crazy analogies. I think I'm a very visual person. So for me to think about some other way of putting something into context, it just helps. <laughs> but yeah, all right. Fair enough. All right. And then the number one response to the jelloisms from your listener survey question was they love the show, don't change a thing. Oh. Oh, that's really nice. <laughs> Well, they are a gracious bunch, I will say. And of course, it's helpful to have such generous listeners to have a podcast. If they were mean, I probably would have given it up a long time ago. So <laughs> anything else in there I should know of? It looks like it says honorable mentions. You want me to read those? Yeah, just a couple. Go easy on me. Okay. <laughs> it says it was some of your California-isms, like dude and awesome and totally. Um, <laughs> and apparently you sometimes say outstanding and fair enough a lot. All right. So a little less of the Bill and Ted. Uh... <laughs> It's probably hard, though, because our boys say it a lot around us. Yeah, well, you're not even from California, and you've picked up on some of this. You use the word like a lot. Yeah, I like to say like. Like I was, oh, my God. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've learned not to uh, try to correct you on that. But anyway, all right. Well, thank you, honey. You have saved me from having to read that myself, but I'm not sure if you helped or added on. But <laughs> anyway, hey, while I've got you, first off, um, Thank you for episode 34, I believe it was, where we had you and Miss Kristen on. And I should have mentioned to you that was actually one of the honorable mentions for the episode where people weren't sure they would enjoy it, but in fact they did. And that was thanks to you too. But oh, that's also, nice. Yeah, no, but I mean, let me just in a moment here ask you what's it like? 
for you as the spouse of a podcaster, has it affected the family very much? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it for better or for worse? What's your thoughts on this whole thing that we made it to 100? I think it's amazing, but I mean, I'm not going to lie. It can be challenging for a family of five in the same house where you're doing this to try to be quiet and uh, you have different hours because you are doing this with people around the world. So that's a little challenging, but I would say mostly the boys and I are really excited to hear everything that's been going on with the show. Well, I do appreciate the support, especially during COVID. I've been having to do a lot of this from home. I used to use the library. And so, yes, to your point, um, oh, whoops, I guess I can't say that, but anyway, <laughs> um, we don't have a studio here at the home. It would be great if we could, but you guys have been very patient and you're right. It's been crazy long hours. It's a grind, but I remember, do you remember the night before it launched? Do you remember what I told you? Here we go. It's either going to be a giant flop or it's going <laughs> to, it's going to do well. And You've been very patient over the past three years. Well, never mind that. You've been patient the 22 years we've been married and <laughs> years before that. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, honey. And uh, we're really proud of you. And congratulations on your 100th episode and to 100 more. Congratulations to the Fighter Pilot Podcast, Jello. You with your 100th episode. It's fantastic. Y'all do such a professional job. This is Al Benzing, episode 96, B-29 Superfortress. It was great working with you and with both, and I look forward to your number 101 and many more. Congratulations to you. Hey, this is Paco Kirichi from episode 43 about the F-5. Congratulations, Jello and the whole Fighter Pilot Podcast team for reaching your 100th episode. Thanks for helping to spread the word of naval aviation, and thanks for all your valuable nuggets about our community. Now I finally have a little bit of insight about all the stuff that I was clueless about for 20 years. Keep up the good work. Speed is life. It was designed to fly fast and at treetop level, carrying 24 nuclear weapons. Today, it bristles with smart bombs and guided missiles. The B-1 bomber, called the bone by those who fly and maintain it, is the most heavily armed bomber ever built. Sleek and powerful, the bone remains a mainstay of American air power 50 years after its first flight. Hey everyone, this is Ken Katz, call sign Primetime. And my book, The Supersonic Bone, A Development and Operational History of the B-1 Bomber, tells the true story of this magnificent airplane. In this book, you'll read stories told to me by those who were there and see lots of great photos of the bone. Anyone with an interest in modern military aircraft will enjoy reading The Supersonic Bone. Available through the usual online retailers and aviation booksellers. Pick up your copy today. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. And a big thanks again to the more than 600 listeners who responded to our survey and provided those results. And uh, I agree. All of those are great results. Uh, some of those at the end hurt a little bit, but you know that's just how it goes. So anyway, as you know, each December since the podcast began, we've wrapped up the show season with a look back at the past year and then offered a sneak peek at what's to come in the year ahead. And since that has become a bit of a tradition, what better way to wrap up this episode 100 celebration than with our dear old good friend and podcasting mentor, host of the Muscle Car Place podcast, Mr. Rob Kibbe. How's it going, Rob? Hello, Vincent. Greetings. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. It is going great. Good. 
I've been looking forward to this since last year. <laughs> well, there's been a lot to look past, I guess, this past year. So good. I'm glad I could. And no, you're a good sport. You helped me get going on this journey in the first place. And every year you come through and help me cathartically think about what's happened and what's coming. And so I'm glad to welcome you back to do that again. Absolutely. I mean, when this was just a, but a dream, you know, at the end of your active duty career, I had no idea what to hope for it. And it's far exceeded it. I've read through some of your data here. I, I can't believe the impact you're having. It's not a surprise, but it's awesome. So way to go, man. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. So before, let's see, what's that song? Enough about you. Let's talk about me. But before we spend the rest of our time <laughs> talking about me and my show, uh, what's new with you and yours and the family? Family's good. So three kids and my wife, Laura, my oldest is now 14 and in Iowa where I live, that is a driver's permit age. So she has her permit and she can drive a stick shift. All right. We were knocking on the door at 8 a.m. for the DOT. Like, give us the thing. <laughs> All right. Uh, my son, Dallas, he is a football star in his own mind, somewhat on the field. He's actually a pretty good player. Uh, my youngest daughter, Noel, is a up and coming movie star. <laughs> Things are fine. It, I would not say that this has been the the year we expected, but it's actually been a pretty good, very busy year for me professionally. Oh, good. I maybe have flown more commercially this year than ever in my life. Wow. Uh, great time to fly, by the way. Good deals. <laughs> really good deals. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, I haven't seen the kids in a long time. I'm doubting they would even remember me from my couple stops uh, at the end of my career, having flown jets from the West Coast to the East and stopping to see you guys. But how about your dad also? I know he's had some health challenges. He's doing okay? Not super great. We had a couple of setbacks that he's on the rebound from right now, some some kidney-related things. Okay. He is in the, the bad spot that a lot of people over 70 yards. He's basically just hiding. Yeah just flat out hiding. So between me and my wife, we're about the only people that can even regularly interact with him. Mm. That's been some challenges, but no, he's doing good. Thank you for asking. He asked about you and all my kids remember you. Uh, that was a hard to forget. Very hard to forget. <laughs> well, good. That serves my newfound uh, extreme ego. So I appreciate that. You, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, that's good. My wife's parents are in the same situation. Unfortunately, she wanted to come home for Christmas and they basically said, no, stay away. Cause you know, we're the weirdos out here in California and they're in Arkansas. So, um, they're the same thing. And her dad was in the hospital for something unrelated, but of course they were just really minding their P's and Q's. So yeah, you're right. It was not the year we wanted, but it was definitely the year we got. Well, it was, it's led us to where I guess we are now. So if if I understand the notes correctly, this will air at the end of the year, 2020, 100 episodes. Now, congratulations on 100 episodes. And is, is that 100 published episodes? So with the bonuses, we're over 100? Is that how it works? Yeah. Actually, so I counted up about 125-ish, if you count the intermissions that we don't number and the bonuses where we help promote people's books or projects or whatever they're doing. But yeah, we number the main episodes. And frankly, this one doesn't really fit the template as far as that goes. But yeah, we just wanted to pause. I remember, by the way, doing this for you. I think I was episode 90-something on yours. And I thought, hey, you're going to throw a big party for episode? 100. And I remember you saying something, but I think you just kind of marched on, but yeah, we just wanted to <laughs> set some time aside and kind of pat ourselves on the back a little bit. But it, I mean, as you know, Rob, it's not easy to get to hundred episodes in podcasting. I think I read most of them fail between 13 or quit, I guess is a better word, but between like 13 and 25 episodes. So yeah. I'll count that as a win. And you should. 
you take it as a professional venture, it's kind of hard to take these metrics seriously in our industry because so many people start a podcast the same way they start a YouTube channel. Like this would be a lark and I've got this uh, mic on my phone and that ought to do it. And, (laughs) and then uh, once they get into the reality of it and the grind, the absolute grind of making it all happen, they change, but no, a hundred episodes is remarkable. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And I tell you, I've learned something on every single episode, just like every flight I ever went on. You come back and you've learned something. But it's really been quite the journey. I mean, we met, what, back in 10 or 11? And so Mm -hmm. uh, the idea for this germinated not long after that, but it didn't air until 2018 after I'd retired and learned my new airplane at my airline. In the couple years since, gosh, we've had 21 episodes on fighters, true to our name. We've had eight on attack jets, seven bombers, a handful of helos, and spy planes and other aircraft. We've had weapons episodes and tactics, carrier operations, flight and test pilot schools. We even had one with our buddy maker, fighter pilots in space, who, by the way, he just got nominated to be the team to go to the moon. So we've really had quite the... uh, What? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's still down there in uh, Houston and doing well. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And, And like I said, I mean, obviously there are some shows that I like better and clearly the listeners did too, but I really enjoyed it. And the grind is real, but it's also, I think, as I've said before, made me very efficient. Like when I was doing my master's, I didn't waste a lot of time in front of the boob tube, as we used to call it in the uh, seventies and doing other things. Did you guys ever call it that? Come on. That's what we called it. Yeah, we absolutely did because they had tubes in them. (laughs) Now it's, uh, it's the uh, other way around. Never mind. Yeah, but no, you know, like my wife said, uh, it's been overall, I would say a good thing. And, uh, it's made me very efficient with my time. Did you think the aircraft series when you started, was that a, Hey, every now and then, if I need to talk about something, I'll, I'll talk about certain aircraft. Was that an idea you had up front, or was that something that developed on its own? Because now it's, you know, it's one of the hallmarks or staples of the show. Oh yeah. Well, I just knew that each aircraft was very easy a topic, I guess that was a poorly constructed sentence, but you get the point. Um, you know, there's so many military aircraft out there and we get suggestions from people all the time. And, and our requirement is basically if it was operational, yeah, we'll do it. And we just need a good guest, but just think about how many there are left to go yeah. here in the West. And then there's all the Eastern aircraft and all the different extreme weird aircraft. And then all the experimental stuff that we'd like to maybe try to lump some of those together. But, you know, obviously I knew at some point early on that I would need to do an episode on the F-18 and the F-16. And then the more we thought about it, we said, well, duh. I mean, all you got to do is find the right guy to do the Eagle and the Raptor and the Fulcrum and Flanker and everything else. And uh, the nice thing is it'll keep us going for a while, I think, Rob. Well, that's the beauty of it. You get an education on the aircraft itself, but you also get usually a character, somebody that knows that thing inside and out and you get their whole story, which is, is what people want. So tell me the truth here. What kind of downloads are you getting? Nobody's listening. Yeah, I mean, the, the big question, of course, is uh, how many listeners. And I, we've decided in podcasting that's almost impossible to determine that. But we had a pretty good month. Uh, I think October or November, we were 210,000 total downloads across all of our episodes. Cool. So we average about 200,000 downloads a month. And that's great. 
we have listeners or downloads in 191 countries out of 195 in the world, which is amazing. Our main listening audience is in the United States, Australia, United Kingdom, Europe, and Canada. Actually, we're number one among aviation podcasts in six countries, and our social media is also growing real nicely. So overall, it's been really, uh, it's just been fun to watch the success of the show. And I, I don't want to take too much credit, but on the other hand, I do remember at the beginning you saying, hey, it's about military aviation, but in the end, Vincent, it's really about you. And I've always tried to keep that uh, honest, I guess. Still true. They want the jello. Yeah. I mean, that's for anybody listening that's ever done any of this type of broadcasting, especially audio broadcasting. It's long form content. It's really deep. People are going to listen to every word. And they're going to do that for every single episode, and they're going to feel like they know you personally, so they better like you. Clearly, they do. <laughs> so here's a follow-on question I have. You release these all in audio format, you know, I'm, I'm assuming over a multitude of different players. So I get all of yours in Apple Podcasts. That's where I you know, okay. can listen. I can listen on your website. I can find them on YouTube, right? How are you delivering them all? Well, we have a web service that provides the RSS feeds to all the podcast apps. So we simply upload it once to that service and it goes out to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, you name it, it's out there. Uh, And then we've done a couple one-off you know, requirements for Deezer, I think is one of them. It's something they use like in BMWs in Germany. This guy wrote me and said, Hey, I want to listen straight through my car, but it's Deezer and uh, here's a link. Can you upload it? Uh, Sure. Why not? So, (laughs) you know, there's little one-offs like that, but then, yeah, we have our website and then we put them on YouTube as well, which is a place where usually video wins, but we just have our episode artwork and we just have a little bar that bumps up and down to move to the sound and uh, people consume it that way. Way too. So it's really great. And we also have, uh, we release it early, of course, on our Patreon page. Yeah. Patreon, you've done really, really well with Patreon. Not financially is, is what I'm referring to. I'm talking about special content and audience interaction and making it the place to be. I'm a Patreon member from whenever the first day was, you could sign up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when that was. 2018. Yeah. It's been a little while. How is the Patreon component specifically going for you? Oh, it's going great. So it does so many different things. It's a way for people who enjoy the show to get a little bit more whether it's exclusive or early or bonus, or even at the higher tiers, just 30 minutes with me every month, which is a lot of fun. Cause I end up truthfully, you'd think they want to ask me all these questions and some do, but a lot of times they just want to talk. Oh, my dad was a pilot and I wanted to be, but my eyes weren't good. And you know, the standard mm-hmm. and I just listen and I enjoy it and, and we connect. And so that's a lot of fun. It's also a place where it's like a living room. You put your feet up and you've got folks around that uh, really into the subject and seemed to like me. And I would call it kind of the inner circle for the podcast. And we have a handful of people that have really supported the show for a long time. Do you mind if I acknowledge some of these folks? Absolutely. It's your show. Oh yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> no, so you can sign up at different tiers, you know, and you get different perks based on that. And some obviously stay longer than others. And I always tell people, Hey, when it's time to go, I won't be running after you crying about it. I'll just thank you for what you were able to do. But some have stood by me for a long time in ascending order. I just want to name Brian Heine, David Marquard, 
James Kirikoffi, Will Kwan, Sandra Newman, George Bravo, Robert Douglas Miller, J.P. Walden, Bill Horvath, and then the number one guy, Peter Keelan. And I'm not going to kiss and tell here on how much they have contributed to the show, but it's a lot. And we're just so grateful for it because I hope people have noticed. I mean, we've learned a lot. We've stepped it up a lot. We've got nice new equipment. Still hoping for an at-home studio sometime. We'll see about that. But <laughs> no, they've really made it possible. And all the folks that I'd like to talk about in my team, if we get a chance here, have uh, it's allowed me also to share the spoils with them. First of all, for lifetime supporters, that's a pretty amazing thing. I'm assuming, yes, they do like you and they want the content. I think they probably believe in the mission of the show which is is more than just, you know, sharing some stories here and there. I really take this compliment as it's, you know, intended. I really believe that this is a service. I think it's helping humanity here. <laughs> and and I really do hope that, you know, you may find out in 5 or 10 years there's a whole next generation of pilots out there that got a start here. You never know, right? I mean, you never know well, where they could have come from. At the risk of inflating my head too much, I'd like to think that we've made a difference, and frankly, I do know we've made a difference. Uh, onesie twosies. Now, I'm not going to claim the kind of success that Top Gun had back in 1986. I mean, for heaven's sakes, they were flooding <laughs> the recruiters' offices. So, but we do receive emails from time to time, and I really love those because you get the ones where like, "Hey, I was on the fence, and now I've listened to you, and I want to do it," or "Hey, didn't know anything about it, but uh, someone turned me on to the show, and now this is what I want to do." But I think my all-time favorite, and I forgot the young person's name, and probably wouldn't name it if I could remember, but it was someone who wanted to do it, and life got in the way, and this was even before COVID, and just wrote me to say that ever since finding the show, I assume it's a he, and most of our listeners, frankly, are, but uh, you know, anyway, bear with me. But mm -hmm. he wrote to say that he had started exercising harder again, and uh, was doubling down on school and trying, and went and talked to. A program recruiter or something along those lines. So it was like he had his own little personal montage after listening to the show. And, and that for me, yeah, that's great validation uh, for the show because if we're making a difference in people's lives, that's awesome. I mean, what more can I hope for? That's all you can ask. So there is you, you're the face, you're the voice, uh, you're the guy on the, what was the Vanity Fair YouTube one where you oh my gosh well yeah. we did vanity fair uh, part one i guess they didn't like me very much because they never released part two but anyway uh and then business insider at the same time during like the height of the covid lockdown was uh, looking for people that had lights and cameras at home and so both of them reached out and i said yeah sure why not and and they but yeah i mean they both helped reach people and and that was just kind of thinking back to some of the things you and i talked about at the end of last year rob the movie reviews that we had thought maybe we would do more of ended up just basically being subsumed in those two youtube videos right that after that i really didn't do very actually any movie reviews but yeah that was a lot of fun and that certainly helped who all makes up this organization because Every time we talk, you know, I'm clearly aware it's not just you and one other person. It seems to get longer <laughs> and it seems to be, you know, worldwide yeah. probably re realistically is just based on the world we live in. No, it absolutely is. We have folks in Brussels, Spain, Boston, Texas, California, Australia. Where am I forgetting? I know I miss England uh, or the UK, at least. I'm not sure where he is, but at any rate, we, yeah, we have a worldwide team. And uh, I think I've mentioned it either on this show or other shows before, but the thing that surprised me the most, besides the generosity of the Patreon supporters, are the people who came along and said, hey, you know, when I started this, it, to your point, was me and a microphone and my laptop. 
Mm-hmm. Some folks came along and said, Hey, I like fighter pilot stuff and I make music. So here you go. Or I do websites. So here you go. And so we got a whole team. And again, if you don't mind, I'd like to kind of run down and, and uh, acknowledge them. Absolutely. And I'll do them in the order they came aboard because the first one was Jaime from Spain and he likes jets and military stuff. And he says, I make music and I notice you're using royalty free music that everybody uses. And here, why don't I make you some songs? And so he makes all of our music, not all of it, but most of it. And in fact, he did the theme on this centennial episode. So big thanks to Jaime for that. And then along came Yannick from Australia. He's our graphic designer and comes up with our compelling artwork. And he also keeps our website going and uploads to YouTube for us, which is great. And then we have Rob. Uh, he's in Texas, our business development and deep thinking. We have Jabbers. That's his call sign. He's one of our two DCS experts. A lot going on with DCS. We have Scott Morris. He is in Boston, Massachusetts. He's our researcher and one of the top three. We meet several times a week and talk strategic stuff. I won't try to pronounce his real name, but Baltic Dragon is our guy in Brussels. That's his call sign. We always call him BD because I can't say Baltic Dragon without laughing. But (laughs) he is our other DCS expert and the mastermind behind the Raven One campaign that we talked about last year that did end up coming out in August and has done very well. We have Barry down in Australia, helps with newsletters. We have Rich in the UK, he's a photographer. We have Glenn here in California, he's an outside sales rep. Trevor Boswell, Boat, you've heard a lot of him lately. He is mm-hmm. our former guest, now occasional co-host. We have Mike V up in Seattle area. He designs our merchandise, like the Beastie Boys inspired concert shirt on our website. I don't know if you check that out, Rob. I should probably send you one. Yeah, I, like it's really, it. I actually ordered a couple samples. They're really cool. Instead of a DC-9, or whatever the BC boys used. He used a uh, F-18. That was cool. And then we have Ben Todd. He's our Denver Calzone guy. He's uh, a business analytics and efficiency guru and another deep thinker. Dakota is a Patreon supporter who we put a kind of an APB out for, hey, we got a new show idea. And he said, yeah, I'd do stuff like that. So he's joined the team and he's helping us with our new show. I'd like to talk about with you if we get a chance. And then, of course, we have a handful of folks who help in various capacities, like contractor type work, not the least of which is Bernie, but also so Sean, who helps with production, and another Scott, who helps with our new show. So I think 13 full-timers, not full-time, but folks that we count as part of the official part of the team, BVR Productions, mm-hmm. that part is a lot of fun because it's not like anyone has to be here and brings bad attitudes. Everybody wants to be here. And so we always have a good time no matter what we're doing. It's hard to have a lot of success without a big team or a good team or a devoted team or a right. whatever team, but they got to want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> that is a mandatory requirement of uh, not a soul on this list or that would be a part of this is here to uh, collect a paycheck and punch a clock and just you know leave at the end of the day. That's clearly not the case here. There's a lot of just basic passion in here. And Bernie Partland, uh, yeah, he is our shared producer. That's right. He is uh, much like how I met you. I met him through my listening audience on Muscle Car Place, but uh, I put out a call because I needed help. <laughs> I said, I need production help. I'm swamped. I'm in over my head. I need help. And he was a listener and he reached out and man, did it up our game. Oh yeah. Likewise. But also allowed to expand and, and add in other shows. Just like you said, we do one, two, three. I think we do between three and four different shows right now. We've had several others throughout the years beyond our two primary ones. You mentioned a new show. You have a new show. 
We do. We have a new show coming. It's going to somewhat follow the format of Serial, spelled with an S. If you're familiar with podcasting, that was the number one show for a while, a couple of years back. And what they do and what we'll do is they tell longer stories over serialized episodes in a single season. And we've been working on it since last summer. We're getting closer. We're going to call it The Merge. And the idea is it's going to be a serial, but for military aviation stories. We're going to start with a story that people heard all the way back on episode two about call signs. As always, it's going to be hopefully educational and informative, but also entertaining. And we're thinking this will hopefully apply or appeal, I should say, to a wider audience. It's going to have very much human element stories. I mean, you'll learn a little bit about military aviation, but it's really about the people, which we always say that about our current show. But Mm -hmm. we hope that more spouses and other people that aren't our standard demographic Demographic demography? What is it called? Anyway, <laughs> just say demo. <laughs> Let's go with demo. Anyway, you know, folks that uh, care about people and all that will like because it's going to be human interest type story. So, yeah, we're hoping to air that here early in 2021. Cool. I see why that fits in here. And when we first met, I did not realize you have an artistic side to you. And that's a good thing. <laughs> I would never have called myself an artist before podcasting, but I dare I say, I, I guess I can wax a little poetic if I don't get caught up on a word like I did earlier, but I appreciate that. The way you want things to flow and sound and feel, that is an artistic interpretation. I think uh, that's a cool thing. That's one more facet of this show. Well, for sure. Just don't count on me to sing or dance and I guess we'll be okay. Deal. Okay. <laughs> so last year was the last time we did a recording together. We we certainly talk more often than that, but yeah. 2019 year end wrap up. So we had a few topics that we went through then. Mm-hmm. The first of which I think we've already chatted about YouTube. Maybe last year you had started playing with releasing the audio shows on YouTube. Has that been a good thing? Do you count that in your downloads? Uh, do you, how do you put your ads in it? Stuff like that. What do you think of it? Well, YouTube takes care of the ads, and I had someone write me once and say, oh, it has this political candidate. This was before the election, so I'm out of here. And I said, well, whatever, but don't shoot the messenger. I'd, <laughs> I don't choose whether you see a Trump or a Biden ad. I just put the video up, and they do what they want. I think prior to that, we had started putting them up. We've just been doing a lot more, like we talked about last year, of just other stuff. So this year, for example, we had the two most the recent Blue Angels bosses come on and talk about the transition for the team to the Super Hornet, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then earlier this month, we had Rico, who came on to be the actual only American. Uh, everybody got mad at me because I, I didn't imply American, I guess. Uh, but, you know, in Top Gun Maverick, <laughs> the trailer, Ed Harris says, oh, the only man to down three enemy aircraft in the last 40 years. And like, no, Rico Rodriguez is uh, the <laughs> real guy who's done that, an F-15. And so we put him out there. And uh, so we've just done some other things. There's still more I'd like to do, but YouTube is is really going well. And yeah, when we talked about it a year ago, of course, we didn't know what 2020 was going to have in store, but I would say we're not where we want to be yet, but we're definitely ramping it up. I think we've got a little over 42,000 followers or subscribers or whatever it is on YouTube. And, and that's good. And we'd like to do more. I'm curious, do you get paid for the Vanity Fair or things like that? Or is that like a, a lead in? You don't have to answer if you don't want to. <laughs> No, it's totally fine. No, the, both of those were pro bono, loss leader, whatever term you want to call it. And I looked at it as, hey, if you're going to have your big following know about me and my show, if you can just put a link, then that's good enough. And plus, you know, I treat almost anything I do as batting practice. You know, if I'm going to be on someone else's show, and I've done a lot of other people's shows now, yeah. I think of it as this is a chance for me to practice my craft. You might think by now I'd be better at it, but I do. And for that, it was just a good chance to, like we 
ended up buying some lights and working on the lapel mics that we have and getting the sound just right. And so I use all those as batting practice. And, and in that regard, it, it helps me in the other things I do. I watched everything you put out. I will absolutely tell you doing video. I've done a little bit for me. I never stuck with it long enough to get good at it. Uh, watching yeah. you do your demonstration. I've had those movie conversations with you before, and it was just like having them with you. So uh, way to go. Thank you. So one of your kind of famous things here was you, you're an airline pilot, right? So you just fly to your guests and do the, <laughs> the interview in person right there, nose to nose. And then COVID hit. <laughs> yeah. So then what? <laughs> well, it's funny because a year ago, our discussion was, oh, I feel so ashamed. I didn't fly to the East Coast to get the B1 episode with Wacky. And this year, I think I did, did I even do one interview in person after COVID? Mm-hmm. You know, that was just a necessity. And it's made the podcast incrementally easier, if that's even a word you can apply to podcasting, in so much as less travel. But I really do feel like it suffered. I remember when Fish came back to help me with the U2 episode, and he came to my house, and we just set up a couple microphones in my bedroom, of all places, because I still don't have a studio. Just the ability to read body language and feed off each other, I, I missed it. And in that moment, I thought, man, I've forgotten how good this is when you're with someone to do an interview. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to get back to that as soon as I can. But yeah, in-person interviews became the norm instead of the exception. Okay. Next topic. This was something I have to totally admit I wanted to get into and just never took the time to do DCS. And I'm also going to apply that to my other passion, which is cars. And I wanted to start doing iRacing. And I had this whole scheme. I was going to build a really killer computer (laughs) and do iRacing and DCS. And I did neither. Yeah. Well, you might think with all the time I had at home, I would eat my vegetables and, and get on DCS more. And the simple truth was I always found an excuse not to. And it's such an interesting relationship for me with DCS because having done it for real, I guess I always just wonder, okay, I understand that people love it, but for me, I guess I don't have that draw. And so I need to just get on there because I think people would appreciate if I did and be able to talk about what's real and what's not, and just have some fun with it. And just the busier I've gotten, the more difficult it has been to find the ability to do it. And like I said, Mm -hmm. I've always found excuses, but the one thing I would say that's really been great about this past year is we finished the Raven one DCS campaign that for the people who do enjoy DCS really, really responded well to. So we released that it has sold well. It's, It's allowed our friend, Kevin Miller, who it's, based on his book to sell more books. We created some merchandise with Mike that sold fairly briskly. I think what people enjoy is, again, it's a realistic simulator, just like your iRacing thing, like you said. Yeah, yeah. And so for people to say, oh, this was developed by BVR Productions with two guys with over 3,000 fighter hours. Well, all right, I can assume that this is real. And, and yeah, we've tried to make it as real as possible and we are working on more. So for those who are enthusiastic for what we're doing at BVR Productions and our DCS, division stand by because we got more on the way awesome so you know who else is playing this game on the race car side you're in good company dale earnhardt jr (laughs) uh (laughs) yeah since his uh, retirement from nascar and becoming a broadcaster one of his passions was and a training tool that he used i mean there's no sims in racing but he was using iRacing as a simulator to practice ended up getting a very good relationship with the company and they're now out digitally scanning racetracks and doing more and more so you and Dale Jr., way to go. All right. We'll have to uh, call him up and see if we can compare notes. But yeah, I could do something similar. Although, you know, if you have the real racetrack, then you can 
see it on a simulator like that in advance. And I would think that would help a racer. Uh, for us, it's not quite the same, but you can still go out and do some of the missions. And again, people really enjoy it. And that's great. How about uh, favorite episodes of this year? So last year, like SR-71, I really enjoyed that C2 because of the guest, specifically yeah. uh, the F-14 one I listened to. I don't know how many times I listened to. <laughs> the U-2 I listened to this year was, uh, <laughs> who was the lady astronaut? It ended in, and that's why the lady astronaut wore a diaper to go murder her husband. I mean, that's what I remember taking away. Like, wow, oh, we cover some ground in here. <laughs> yeah, well, Lips is quite the character, and, and that's why we wanted to have him back on this episode. And yeah, good, crazy times. Yeah, would have been the favorites this year. Well, it's hard to remember what year we recorded everything, but I do remember you asking me last year. It was interesting to see that some of the named episodes showed back up on the listener surveys. So Hmm. like you said, the SR-71 and Brian Schull was kind enough to come back and we just had him on and same with J-Lo and the F-14 was an honorable mention. The F-35 was a great one. I think partly because I was just shocked when he said, yeah, I was in college and didn't know what I wanted to do, but they wanted me to fly. So I said, all right, fine. (laughs) Not like the rest of us that are clawed at the door to get let in. Obviously, the U-2 was a winner. Really enjoyed the F-86 with Skinny and getting to know Mr. Paul Wood, who uh, came on as a happy hour and then helped out with that one in the A-1, which was also great. Cool. Army Aviation Month was fun. We're going to talk about themed months here in a second, but those were all good as well, and, and that was long overdue. i tell you who we haven't gotten to yet, and I really feel badly because I named them second on our list of most listened to countries, and that is we've yet to have an Australian guest on the show. So we really need to get to that, and my hope is, if not before, then definitely by episode 111 because well, that's going to hopefully be the F-111 if we get it to work out. Right. And the Australians flew that quite a bit, so I'm sure we can find someone down there with some good stories. Okay, next topic. This is what I think we went through last year as well. Ads. And I'm talking about ad spots, like commercial advertisements. So those can be spoken, those can be pre-run, those can be dynamically inserted. What have you done this year with them? I think I've heard all three maybe this year. Yeah, we've had a handful. Uh, I think Hawthorne, Simplisafe, and Apollo Nero, and I might be missing one or two. But, you know, I remember you asking me last year about it, and I said, oh, we just started with this new company, and they haven't brought us anything yet. Well, longtime listeners can tell you, and you probably have heard it too, that although we don't put the ads on the Patreon side, but uh, for everyone else, yeah, we will try to do hopefully no more than one promo, if you will. And then if I'm going to promote something of my own, hey, our website or merchandise, I don't really count that. Sure. We've started to generate a little more revenue that way, and it helps us to continue to rise to new heights. And so I hope that we're not overdoing it. I haven't heard anybody complain yet. So yeah, we are about where we'd like to be. And if anything, we don't want to have more ads. We just want to get a little bit more money for the ads we're doing because the show's growing. And so why not? We should be worth it. Yeah. That's another thing. I've had that conversation. A lot of automotive companies they see a show. Oh, your show is an hour. Well, great. We can sell six ads. <laughs> and I said, no, it doesn't work that way. And right. <laughs> in podcasting with two tops, you know, for sure. Otherwise you, you can lose people's trust pretty quick. How about your themed months? Now, I don't remember when this started. I kind of remember it starting with bomber month last year. I could be wrong, but yeah, no, it did. Okay. So 2018, we didn't have any themed months. 2019, we had Bomber Month, which worked in with our aircraft series anyway. And then this year, we had F-15 Month, which was right when COVID cracked in March. And then we had Army Aviation Month in August, and then Bomber Month in November. We were going to have Top Gun Month, but that was overcome by events. But we hope to do all these again next year. I think there's still a handful of Army aircraft we can pull up, and we've got a couple bombers left. And if 
Paramount and COVID permit, then we'll right. like to have June be Top Gun month. And we've got a couple of guests lined up to get ourselves hyped up for that coming movie. When was that supposed to release the first time? Was that supposed to be at Christmas 2019? No, no, no. June of uh, 20. June of 20. Okay. For some reason, I thought it initially was in 19, but okay. No, it moved to Christmas of 20, and now they moved it to July 3rd, I think it is, of 21 as it stands right now. Interesting. I mean, so this is going to be a yet another highly relevant movie for you, not only because it's Navy specific, but it's F-18. That's right. This is still totally in your wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. The handsome, super you know, mm-hmm. fighter pilot comes in to teach those young kids how to get things done. If only we had a handsome fighter pilot who could go in there and get, teach them, get some things done. <laughs> oh, damn, Rick, uh, is what you said last year. But yeah, yeah. Um, and I, by the way, I guess there's a Star Wars movie coming out about fighter pilots or X-Wing pilots, but uh, so we'll have to wait and see about that. No, you're right. I would say this is a blessing. It's going to drop in the laps of the world, but Americans specifically, as Tom Cruise apparently puts it, it's a love letter to naval aviation. Yeah. And it's funny, uh, Ben Todd, I was telling you about on the team, uh, he was telling me something the other day and he said, think about it. How many other movies have had sequels made after 30 plus years? And I thought, well, besides Blade Runner, I can't think of anything. And his point is, that's <laughs> that's right. yeah, that's a testament to how much people love that movie, the first, and just the idea of fighter pilots and what they do and the sacrifices and the dangers, risks and all that. We really hope to ride the coattails of this and have a themed month and generate a lot of hype and talk about it. And our friend who was the, uh, I think we talked about him last year, who we still won't name, but as soon as the movie comes out, he'll hopefully join us and talk to us about all the dirty laundry of filming and everything. And so, yeah, we're going to really try to really just make the most of that show. Hopefully if it does come out. Yeah, man, uh, totally right. And you should ride on the coattails because, uh, Unlike Tom Cruise, you actually serve. So, you know, you he serves little... entertainment purposes, yes. I guess. So I'm not here to belittle his contributions to society. That's a 2021 endeavor here. And I think it's Rogue Squadron is the name of the, the, the Star Wars thing you're talking about. That, that's a new series coming out. Okay. The director's father was an F4 pilot, as I recall. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 2021, what are your plans for 2021 besides Top Gun 2? Well, that is a big one. Like I said, we're going to try to do Army Aviation Month again, Bomber Month. We've got some ideas for some other themed months. We could do cargo planes. We could do trainers. We could do Eastern aircraft. As with always, we have to find the right guests. And so we've got our team. We've been brainstorming. We've got content for, I would say, probably at least half of the year right now, kind of ideally suited for different places. And so we have a handful of things also that we'll put in here and there. Uh, And some of it's just serendipity. I always like to leave openings so that if, you know, the boss of the Thunderbirds uh, happens to be coming, let's say to Miramar and he says, Hey, do you want to do a show uh, with us on the the Wednesday before or something? Heck yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My microphone and head up to Miramar and, and interview. Uh, So we want to keep that open. Unfortunately, we never did get Chuck Yeager before he recently passed. We had reached out a few times. And so that's obviously uh, a dead end, no pun intended. We want to continue to entertain and inform and educate and have fun. And we're still going to plan on doing it three times a month. 
month. And since it's our fourth year, just for fun to keep myself occupied, uh, we'll move everything to the fours. So we'll release on the 4th, 14th, and 24th, and we'll release it at 4 a.m. West Coast time in San Diego. Sure. We've got themed months. So we've got the new show we talked about. That's a lot of it. I will say that at the end of last year's discussion you and I had, you asked me about being an airline pilot, and I made a comment about changing the paradigm. You remember this about being? I very much a, remember this. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be the guy that has a podcast that works at the airlines on the side. <laughs> yeah. Well, little did I know what 2020 had in store. In fact, I've got a pretty good beard going because they haven't flown me for the last couple of months. Well, as the listeners have heard, and maybe you did too, Rob. I can't remember when we talked last, but the airline world fell on its head and now they're recovering best they can. I think my airline alone loses $18 million a day and they're trying to get that down to zero as quickly as possible. So it's going to take a while and it's all seniority based. And so I was hired just in time to not lose my job, but they wanted to move me to New York and fly an airplane that's not based in LA, which it would be my ultimate goal to get back to. I actually, believe it or not, put in a leave of absence request, which was approved. So from mid-January to mid-March, I'm going to give back a little bit. I mean, they've been basically paying me to do nothing for some of it. And so I thought, all right, it's going to hurt a little. We'll have to tighten the belt around the house, but I'm going to take a couple months off and try to avoid going to New York, frankly, and podcast full time. Wow. So I don't think we're going to speed up the release, but I think we'll work on the merge and uh, maybe more YouTube and a few other things. So that ended up being true. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is the uh, necessity is the mother of intervention, yeah. invention, <laughs> not intervention. I, yeah. <laughs> well, it might be for me, but you know that, yeah, I think you're right. And again, getting back to the Patreon folks, I harp on them a lot, but I just can't help it because they are about 80% of our monthly revenue. And so if it wasn't for that, I would be probably out looking for something else to do. And, and I'm glad I don't have to do that. I think that's remarkable. Here's my prediction for 2021's year-end show. I'm going to predict that you are toying with just not going back to the airlines ever. That's my <laughs> prediction. Now, uh, All right. we have a mutual friend. Well, several mutual friends, I'm sure. But uh, Jeff Allison is a friend of ours, and he did some work on your Mustang. That's right. And you got to bring your Mustang home this year. I did. Jeff is also uh, an airline captain, different airline than you. That's right. But he has shared the details of how their airline works. Theirs has, you know, the advertisements, I don't think we ever say, but in his airline, there are six seats in a row. He says, when those middle seats on either aisle get filled, that's when we start making money. And, you know, airlines have had a tough year and C is one of the most conservative guys I know. And even he is saying, if we don't get a bailout, we might have some uh, yeah. problems here. We might have a big problem. So I think you're, uh, you're making a bold move, a right call. That's, so that's my 2021 prediction. I did want to ask you about Chuck Yeager. I saw your post uh, just after he passed and he was one of my childhood heroes. I have a Bell X one that both he and Bob Hoover signed one on each wing picture or a model or it's a model. Oh, okay. It was a present I got as a birthday gift and I just took it to an air show once and they were both there. So lucked out. Cool. What would you have asked him that everybody has never asked him because he's been in presentation mode for the last right. 35 years. I was curious what you would have asked. And I can tell you what I would love to know that I don't think I've ever heard. I would like to know about the work that he did at Edwards after he retired officially from the military yeah. because he worked there for another you know, 25, 30 years is my understanding, but I don't really know what he did. No, I and I just thought that was the coolest. Yeah. They let him fly in an F-15 much later on the anniversary of something. I forget what. And I think he flew quite 
frequently in different things for the longest time. Honestly, I'm glad you gave me that answer because I'll just piggyback on that one because I don't know otherwise. I think, honestly, I think I would have just sat there and drooled and and bubbled <laughs> my lips a little bit, <laughs> like I'm prone to doing anyway. I, you know. I, I don't know. Frankly, had they ever responded, I would have had time to think about it, of course. And so I think I would have maybe even asked him something along those lines. Like, people know a certain side of you, but what part of your career are people not familiar with? Or how much different is it than what we've seen? You know, Mm -hmm. because there's movies and there's reality, and that's part of what we try to do on this show. And so I would like to think I would have come up with something worthwhile and not squandered the opportunity, but just off the cuff, that's a good one. You got me. That would have been the thing I'd like to know. And uh, there was another quote I just read maybe a week ago, just after he passed. Never read it before. And I, you know, I boned up on him. I really listened to everything he'd ever said. If I could, his autobiography, the first one, Jaeger, that's a great one. But, um, he had said, I'm so glad I was born basically in the 1920s. So somebody like me could come up and do everything that I got to do. Hmm. He wouldn't have flown in today's military. I mean, he was straight out of high school when he went into the military and just took a different path. That was interesting. I'd never read that one before, but yeah, I have no idea what he did 1975 to like 2002. <laughs> I remember seeing him at an air show at China Lake in Ridgecrest, not far from Edwards, flying the F-20 Tiger Shark uh, in the 80s. Oh, really? He was definitely doing something. That airplane never ended up making it. You know, it was like the uh, F-5 with a single big engine. I never met him, or at least that I recall, but I remember seeing him flying in that show. So, yeah, he had quite the charmed aviation life, I would say. He and uh, Bud Anderson, uh, this is my last Chuck Hager story, I promise. I know that there's a okay. <laughs> time limit here, but he and Bud Anderson flew P-51s in World War II together. And uh, my mother-in-law had this copy of his his autobiography, and she wanted me to get him to sign it. So I took it along on a trip. I had him sign it, but it was an early edition. Okay. And there was a picture of Bud in World War II, and it said, Chuck Hager's wingman, Bud Anderson. And he saw the edition of the book. Opened it exactly to that page, which I'm sure he'd done countless times for other people. Sharpied it out <laughs> and handed it back. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. So. Uh, that's good. Yeah, there's a lot of great characters out there, and and it's fun to try to catch some of them while we can. Uh, but time marches on. That's what this show is bringing people, Vincent. Uh, you, this wonderful team. It's making a difference in the world. It's interesting as hell, and it's really, really fun. So so just from yeah. me to you, uh, thank you very much. Well, I thank you, Rob, because you, again, helped stoke the fire for this long ago. You mentored me and asked or answered all my dumb questions at the beginning. And so you've been a real friend and a real mentor. And I think the only thing left on our list is uh, we have to annually discuss the idea of flying together in a jet, not in an airliner necessarily, which by the way, just real quick, if I could address that, I'll have to do really, really well to walk away from the airlines because the travel (laughs) privileges alone are pretty nice. So someday if I can afford my own F-18B, like we talked about last year and I can get where I want to go and pick you up for a ride, then yeah, I'll consider myself to have arrived. Can you buy an F-18 right now? Well, so funny you should mention it because there was a company that announced like literally the day before COVID broke in the States that they had purchased or agreed to purchase 40 some odd F-18s from Australia. And so the deal is, if you remember from our Boneyard episode, you can't just go down to Davis-Monthan or anywhere else and Mm -hmm. buy a 
F-117 or Harrier or Hornet or anything else and start flying it. You have to buy it from someone that we sold it to. So this company is buying a whole bunch. They're bringing them back, trying to refurbish them to fly as commercial air services, red air and air to surface for JTAC training. And as soon as I heard about that, I reached out and I said, hey, uh, just so you know, I was at the depot at the end. So if you want the wings put back on or center bower replacements, I can't do it, but I know who does. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, I'm used to flying jets that haven't flown in years and years and need their check flights. Uh, now that being said, it's been golly, I hate to admit it four years since my last Hornet flight. So, uh, my currency is rapidly deteriorating, but anyway, I think it's going to be a much slower process, but sure. If we found uh, an extra B or another one, they could add on the boat and let these guys, uh, we could buy it and lease it back to them. Uh, yeah, let's do it, Rob. I'm in. Whatever LLC you need to start here, <laughs> let me know. I'm an investor. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Well, the cost per flight hour is going to be fairly steep, I would say. So we're going to need some <laughs> big names. I think there's some actors out there that are pretty well off. The, in fact, we've talked about one yeah. in, in the movie of the other, but there's some out there that are into aviation. So maybe we should reach out to those guys. We just need that big name on the front there you go. and then a big customer at the end. That's what we need. Well, yeah. Or go talk to Red Bull or someone and say, hey, we'll paint it up in your colors and take it to air shows. Hopefully there's air shows next year. There better be. Uh, (laughs) No more of these. No more of these. I'm glad to know that you could buy one. When the the announcement of the Blue Angels transition and end of the, the regular Hornet had hit the news, you know, to me, that was old hat because I've listened to your show and I knew it was coming and I knew about the immense preparation that was a, a result of all that. Now, didn't number one go to the Smithsonian? I think it did. Oh, uh, ooh, you put me on the spot. I mean, a lot of these are going different places. There's one, where did I just see it? They put it on a bridge somewhere as a tribute to one of the blues that perished lately. Hmm. Uh, I forget where suddenly, but I saw it on social media. But these jets find their way to different places uh, for display. When you were still flying your last job at the depot, you'd said, yeah, I delivered this one here and this one here and this one here. And this one became a blue angel. So I, I kind of knew that, you know, those airplanes cycled through right. the blue. So the, look, maybe the last one that wore the number one on the tail is the one in the Smithsonian now, but. Yeah, maybe. I guess if it's the Smithsonian, they wouldn't do what I'm about to say. But a lot of times they'll say, oh, we got a jet. Let's just paint it up, slap a number on it and send it. And maybe it wasn't the actual number one or number six, but you know, I don't know. Who knows? You never know. <laughs> It honestly wouldn't matter if they did put a different number on it, frankly. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, Rob, this has been a lot of fun, but I think folks are probably having listened to Lips and Punchy and even my wife and now you. I mean, I think we probably should wrap this up. Yeah, we should probably quit working because it will be New Year's <laughs> Eve in seconds. <laughs> right. Well, I want to reiterate what I said a moment ago. The Fighter Pilot Podcast really could not have made it to 100 episodes without your help and mentorship and friendship. And plus, again, you're our avatar, you're our target. So thank you. You are very welcome. I've meant every word here. I look forward to the episodes. Don't know if this is what I expected a hundred episodes ago. I'm not at all surprised that it's exceeding whatever I would have expected. And um, (laughs) I'm looking forward to 2021 and I'm sure everybody listening right now and whoever hasn't yet is as well. Oh, I have no doubt about it. And actually to all them, thank you as well for helping us reach a hundred episodes. This milestone would be pointless if there wasn't an enthusiastic audience to enjoy it. So you're right on the money there, Rob. Anyway, happy holidays to you, Rob, and to them, or what's left of our holidays. And on behalf of all of us here at BVR Productions, have a wonderful and blessed 2021. All right. So long. Yep. See ya. Hey guys, it's Recky from episode 22, the Test Pilot School. Congratulations to Jello and the Fighter Pilot Podcast team on 100 episodes. 
This show is almost as old as most of Jell-O's sea stories. Congrats. Thanks to our title sponsor, National University. National University is committed to supporting veterans, active duty personnel, and military families through flexible online courses and master's and doctoral programs in high-demand fields, providing excellent career advancement opportunity. National University is a yellow ribbon school that proudly accepts the post-9-11 GI Bill and goes the extra mile by offering additional assistance to cover expenses that may not be covered by the GI Bill. To learn more, visit nu.edu forward slash veteran.